Welcome inside another WSA 9 Sports uh, Facebook Live. Just We're joined that. by the man himself with the, uh, the only cutoff jacket <laughs> with a hood in the D.C. area, Eric Flack himself, uh, of course myself, Darren Haynes. Yo, we're talking about the NCAA bracket. Um, this is my bracket. What's yours look like? Hey, is that yours? You already ripped it up. You had notes on there to talk about this. Nah, but I mean, there's nothing on here that's going to help us. Everyone probably can agree. There are a lot of upsets during this tournament, and we're going to talk about it. Make sure you comment on our Facebook page. Uh, we have some workers over here. You can't see them. Uh, we had to pay them extra money to come on camera, and they didn't, you know, we didn't have enough <laughs> money to do that. Thing. It's a union thing. It's a union thing. But we're going to talk about the, the bracket. If you have any questions, we'll answer them. But first, let's just get started off. I think we should start from the top. The biggest upset of the weekend was UMBC. People don't even know who the heck UMBC was if you were living outside of the area. If you were area, living beating, outside this Beating area. the uh, number one seed, the number one overall seed, yeah. Virginia. Your reaction. Uh, Flack it out. I, I mean, look, I watched the game. Um, when they went to halftime tied, I thought, okay, Virginia will go back, gather themselves, and win by 20. But, and I actually, I don't do this all the time. I rewatched a little bit of that second half the next day because I was still so stunned. UMBZ came out and hit Virginia in the mouth mm -hmm. out of that halftime. I feel like that's what you have to do a lot of times when you're that underdog, like to get into that momentum. And as soon as a team with a higher seed, or should you say lower seed, mm -hmm. whatever way you want to look mm -hmm. at it, um, allows you to gain confidence, yeah. that is like kryptonite. And, and the longer you go, and then those higher seeds, meaning the, the number one seed, mm -hmm. they start getting tight because they're like, oh my God. There's we, a lot of pressure on them in these tournaments. I mean, tournaments. look, they're all still just kids. Yeah, yeah. My, one thing that I want to hear you weigh in on, because I've heard some people debating it, is Virginia just not built to be a deep run NCAA team with the Tony Bennett style? Because that's, you know, they went 30 and two, but I, at the same point, you well, know. I, I hope I get my, my numbers right. But if we look at what the last three, mm -hmm. well, the last three time, uh, tournament appearances were when Virginia was a number one right. seed, first round now, mm -hmm. I believe they lost in the Elite Eight, or yeah, but there was either like a back, second back, round or a Sweet Sixteen. I think I too. think the one before uh, previous to that was like a second rounder, mm -hmm. and then the mm -hmm. and one after that was maybe the Elite Eight or mm -hmm. something like that. Uh, but either way, the number one seed, you're expected to win your region mm -hmm. to make the Final Four. Um, you're in the ACC, which is arguably the most difficult conference, most competitive conference in yeah. college basketball, and you can't make it to the Final Four. Yeah. Um, now, to, to answer your question, I, I like I picked Virginia to win this, right. and I and, I, I, and, I, and I went I went by defense wise. I mean, when you can when you can keep every single opponent in throughout the season under seventy points right. every single time, like that's where the phrase defense wins championships come in. What's so funny is I don't know what UMBC scored what seventy four points. Yeah, they scored a so, lot of points. So basically, they look Duke. All North Carolina, all those ACC teams kept them to under 70 points. Mm -hmm. The only team that scored more than 70 points was UMBC. Well, they just got hot. And I mean, I think they didn't miss. Yeah, they yeah. didn't miss. I think there's two things. And it's and we'll touch on this with other games as well. And, and you're a former college athlete. And there's another thing that I think is an interesting thing for you to weigh in on is I think that there is such, the, the gap between these smaller programs, the talent mm -hmm. level and these blue chip programs has 
so narrow now. Correct. Yeah, yep. Some of those second-tier players that would have gone to a blue chip and waited their turn are just going to these smaller programs so they can play. I don't know if it's that, um, but there could be some of those particular people. I think it's just more you have the one and done. Yeah. And you have these big-time players who go to North Carolina, go to Kentucky, and they stay, they play for one year, mm -hmm. and then they disappear. There's no real building up. And these mid-majors, these guys are sticking around for four years. Mm -hmm. I have to burp. Got it out. There you go. Facebook. So when you have a team that's been around for four years, that continuity has built up big time. Right. So you have a well-organized, um, uh, uh, familiar with each other, veteran team right. that's almost like been there, done that. And then you have those young kids, right. 18, 19 years old, that like, oh, wow, these, these guys are executing really well. I mean, you execute really well. I, I sometimes believe execution outweighs talent. But I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit there because that wasn't the Virginia thing. I mean, the Virginia thing, the Virginia team is not a young team. Tis true. 